Seeing some news today that, um, you know, we've talked so much about the soaring cost of living, right? Inflation, 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 and interest rates and all the rest of that stuff. But we're also seeing uh, some things. Just in the past couple of days, it looks like things might be changing a little bit here. I'm just seeing a story right now that there's a a 12% drop in gas prices expected for most of Ontario tomorrow. Um, I don't know what will translate to the rest of the country, but the price of um, crude took a pretty big hit yesterday. Uh, down under 100 bucks. I think it hit 99, something like that. Um, I, I've seen some stories that say house sales have really started to slow down, especially in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, so we're starting to see things slow down a little bit, maybe. I mean, I don't know if it's too soon to call it a trend, but um, the other question we have a lot in terms of this inflationary period is how does it end? Because typically they end with a recession. That That's you know, history tells us. Um, you know, but we've had guests on the air just last week. We had a couple of economists on saying, yeah, we're not in a recession now, and it's not necessarily a foregone conclusion that we will be. Um, there's others who say, oh, yeah, that's, that's where this is going, a recession and more. And joining us now to talk about that, we have David McDonald, who is with the uh, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, a senior economist and author of a study into this very subject. Uh, David, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, taking a look at this, you're here to tell us that yeah, you, you're anticipating that a recession, at least, and maybe even some more, you know, um, collateral damage is going to be the way that this ends, right? I, th- that is my fear. I mean, yeah. the, the promise has been from the Bank of Canada that they can engineer a soft landing, which is to say they can bring inflation back down to two percent, which is their target from where we're where we are presently, seven point seven, uh, and they can do that without a recession. And so, what I wanted to do was look at the history of this. Has has this soft landing ever actually happened in modern Canadian history? And unfortunately, it hasn't. Uh, there have certainly been three instances where we have gotten inflation down by the amount that the bank wants to now. Uh, the trouble is every single one of them came with a recession. Yeah. And on average, the job loss, adjusting for today's population, it would be 850,000 jobs. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical of this soft landing as a potential result uh, of, of uh, the Bank of Canada increasing interest rates, trying to control inflation. What's much more likely is a crash landing resulting in a recession. We'll get the inflation down for sure, sure. Uh, but it'll be a tremendous cost in terms of job loss. Uh, like you say, it's happened three times before where we managed to reverse the direction of inflation to this extent. Um, just walk us through one or two of those. Uh, when did it happen and what happened? Yeah, so there were three periods, uh, 1974, 1981, uh, and 1991. And each one of those periods, uh, there was a rapid rate tightening cycle that the Bank of Canada engaged in prior to the recession. So it's kind of like what's happening today. The Bank of Canada is saying, look, we're going to jack up rates and we're going to get inflation under control. This is exactly what happened in those three other periods. Uh, And those rates went up pretty high. I mean, you know, in the 1980s, they hit 20% or over 20%. Uh, in the other two periods, they were slightly less. But, it, you know, it took between a year to three years, depending on the period, for us to get a recession, you know, between the, the, the time the bank says we're going to start jacking up interest rates to the time a recession happens. Uh, now, in each one of those cases, we got inflation down by 5.7 points, which is what we'd need today, you know, go from 7.7 to 2. Uh, the, the trouble was the, the average job loss, 850,000 jobs. That's not the worst case. I mean, the worst case scenario would be with today's population, 1.3 million jobs. Uh, and so, I mean, this is, this is the trouble with, with trying to get back down to that 2% target. Now, the other thing I looked at was to say, look, you know, maybe if we wanted to get inflation to 4%, you know, is there, is there a rate of inflation we could get down to that wouldn't result in a zero you know, percent success rate 
So if you do 4%, which was certainly, you know, an inflation target of 4% there, the soft landing success rates, 33%. So that's not great. But I mean, there are instances uh, where inflation did fall that amount uh, that didn't didn't come as a result of a recession. It's just the odds are really bad. You know, they're they're just not in our favor. Um, and so I think one of the one of the issues what I wanted to bring up was the Bank of Canada probably does have this under control, but at tremendous cost. There's a lot more that governments can and should be doing immediately to try to get parts of the CPI index under control in the hopes that they can help with this as opposed to just passing it off to the bank. Um, because, you know, this this interest rate increase, this is a blunt instrument. It's yeah. not targeted. It creates collateral damage, in essence, tremendous collateral damage. And I, I think that's where we're headed, unfortunately. So what, I mean, it's interesting. What what do you think they can do? Because like you say, I mean, you, you're not optimistic that they're going to manage to negotiate the soft landing they're looking for, but there are things that they could do. Like what? What would you recommend they look at? Well, I think we have to go after particular parts of the index. So some parts we can, we can't do anything about. You know, the price of gas, price of oil. We don't. That's not that's not sat here. It has to do with what's happening in Ukraine. It has to do with refining capacity in the U.S. for gasoline, for instance. Uh, price of houses, though. I mean, this is something the federal government can have a huge impact on, um, particularly driving them down to pre-recession levels. You know, 2019 levels. Um, one of the big trends uh, for house prices has been investors coming in since yeah. 2019, bidding up the price of houses. So one of the things that the feds could do is change the mortgage underwriting rules. So it's much harder to get a mortgage uh, as an investor. And, you know, you don't make nearly as much. You can't speculate it. So this is a way to drive down house prices. Not going to affect gas prices, but it is a way to drive down the average of inflation. Uh, you know, the provinces, uh, almost all the provinces have some sort of cap in terms of how much rent can go up in a given year. Uh, so this is, I mean, you definitely don't want rent going up 8%, and this is a way to restrain that. The other piece that's worthwhile noting is that is that the increase in inflation that we've seen is certainly related to input prices like, you know, the price of oil and so on. But we're really seeing a tremendous uptick in, in after-tax corporate profits where the corporate sector capturing a big part of this. They have pricing power. There's not a lot of competition in key industries. Um, we don't have a strong competition regime in Canada uh, that is there to protect cons- price gouging of consumers. That's not how the Competition Act is set up. Uh, it's more about, you know, trying to encourage more competition in a particular sector if there aren't a lot of participants. This is this is clearly an area we could be driving much more, you know, we can be driving uh, much more policy towards is attempting to restrain price gouging of consumers. Um, the, I mean, the, it's well within the gov- federal government's power to do that, Although, you know, of all the things that we've mentioned, there's really very little interest at this point in doing yeah. those things. And it's just kind of handing it off to the Bank of Canada and kind of trusting that the bank has this all under control. And my concern is that they, they don't have it under control. They certainly don't without a recession. You mentioned, you know, one thing the bank could do is sort of revise that target of 2% and, and, and you know, back off a bit and make it 4%, and that would make it much easier. I mean, that's not a drastic difference, given that we're at almost 8% now. It's still a pretty sizable drop. Why not do that? That seems to make sense. Yeah, I mean, so the Bank of Canada is owned by the federal government. The federal government tells it what to do, gives it a quote-unquote mandate. The most recent mandate that it gave it was actually in December, um, you know, about six months ago. Uh, and it, it mandated the Bank of Canada says, look, you've got to get inflation to 2%, uh, you know, on, on average within a channel of 1% to 3 1% to 3%. Uh, and so, the, you know, the federal government told it what to do. And so the bank is going to sort of carry out those orders, 
uh, with its intra- in- instrument, which is interest rates. Now, what's interesting is you might think that this 2% target that everyone you know, is pretty familiar with, 2% target inflation, uh, came from some long-term empirical study of what the best inflation rate was to create you know, the best job growth or GDP growth or whatever. But it, that, that wouldn't be the case. You'd be mistaken. Uh, as best anyone can determine, it was an offhand comment by the New Zealand Minister of Finance in 1988 on a TV show. Uh, and people thought that it seemed like a good number, and so that's what people have crowded around. But the trouble is, is like, is 4% better than 2% in terms of long-term GDP growth or that, like, the empirical evidence for that is, is non-existent in essence. And so, uh, now it's not to say that inflation isn't harming people. I, it is. Uh, and so, you know, I don't think that the right answer here is just to say, well, let, let's just let, let inflation be whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but I think it's to say that, that there needs to be much more government intervention and not just not just a handoff to the Bank of Canada. You know, we're all trying to read the tea leaves and gaze into the crystal ball here. What about the fact that a lot of this may not be within the control of any central bank when you take a look at what's going on in Ukraine and you take a look at global influences and supply chains and on and on. We've all, we've all read the list. Um, how much of that is sort of up to the uncertainty of global factors? Well, that's right. I mean, input, you know, the higher input prices, whether that's the price of energy, uh, so it's going to be gasoline, diesel that bakes its way into supply chains or the supply chain itself trying to get goods from China when they've got lockdowns in Shanghai and Shenzhen. Uh, that's playing a huge role here. Now, that's not to say that the Bank of Canada. So, I mean, you got to think you got to understand inflation isn't something that exists outside of prices. It is an average of a variety of prices, the things that Canadians buy. Now, we might not be able to affect, you know, affect the price of gasoline, which is a part of that, but we can certainly affect other parts of that, and interest rates will affect other parts of that. Uh, you know, the price of houses, for instance, the price of renovations, uh, how much people go out to eat, how much they go, um, uh, you know, how much they go on vacation. Once interest rates get high enough, people stop doing those things. And that doesn't mean that the price of gas is going to go down, but it right. may mean that the price of a hotel room or the price of a plane ticket or the price of a house or the price of home renovations plummets uh, so much so that, it, you know, the average, the inflation average comes down. And that's, you know, that's what's likely to happen. And, and I, you know, that's, that's, I think, how we have to understand inflation, not as something outside of prices, but this is, you know, this is just an average of prices that we pay every day. Yeah, exactly. Almost natural consequences. Um, David, fascinating discussion. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time.